Black people, I hope you guys are having a wonderful day. It is so good to see everybody. Good morning, good morning, good morning. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and welcome to the Black Financial Channel. Today, I'm going to talk about Shaquille O'Neal, Shaquille O'Neal, and all the other celebrities that endorsed companies like FTX right before they went bankrupt, uh, all the billions of dollars that was lost. Uh, and I'm going to talk to you about celebrity endorsements. I'm going to talk to you about crypto. I'm going to talk to you about a little bit about FTX. And just how to not get taken as a sucker. So get comfortable, buckle up your seatbelt. We're going to get started on the Black Nature channel right now. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Black Financial Channel. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. I am your friendly neighborhood finance professor. On the Black Financial Channel, we talk about black wealth and black economics every single day, sometimes as much as 10 times a day. The condition is that we're just black first and we don't apologize for any of that because we want to close the racial wealth gap and then we want to create a new gap. And the new gap is going to be the gap where black people are in the lead. Black people are going to be the greatest wealth builders in the in the world within the next 30 to 40 years. It's going to take one generation. It won't be everybody. It won't be everybody. Some people aren't listening. But for those of you that are listening, I'm going to use every ounce of my PhD to help you and your family get ahead because I want you to win. I believe we are on the winning team. I believe that we are the greatest and we can do anything we put our minds to. If you agree with this philosophy, put a B1 in the chat, hashtag B1. B1 is black first. And if you agree with that, put a B1 in the chat. Also, shout out what city you're from. Let me know what city you're from. Um, I see Patrick out of Dallas. Um, Majestic Minister says, good morning. Hey, Yashika, I see you in from Houston, H-Town. All right, good to see you, sister. I saw you last night. Uh, let's see here. Nathaniel says, doctor has always warned us to educate ourselves as much as possible on all crypto before diving in. Yes, I have. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to that. Uh, Colonial Tech Bay Area, Baltimore, Las Vegas, Atlanta, Cleveland, Raleigh, North Carolina, uh, TT Justice, what's going on? Deborah Simmons, good to see you. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hit that thumbs up button. Smash that thumbs up button. Subscribe and also hit the notification bell. The notification bell is very important. And I see you, Lisa, in the Bahamas. You lucky. I'm going to the Bahamas with my wife over the holidays. So I'm super excited about that. All right. So um, here's what uh, I, I wanted to talk about today. Sometimes topics just pop into my brain. I don't know where they come from. I guess they must come from God. So this morning I woke up, I rolled up out of bed and, and for some reason, Shaquille O'Neal popped into my brain. I think I saw an image of him in a conversation about FTX. I saw uh, some sort of um, article where Shaq was kind of being forced to defend his affiliation with FTX. He was sort of being forced to deal with the fact that uh, people were saying, yo, man, look, you told people to go buy FTX. You were an endorser of this company. You were pushing this, man. You were pushing this and peddling this to your people that follow you and that love you. And 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 now you just back them. Now you acting like you didn't have nothing to do with it. Now you just like, well, I, I was just, I was just, uh, I was just, I'm doing my shack image. I, I was, I was just a celebrity endorser. I, I just, I didn't, I didn't know nothing about it. I didn't watch it. I wasn't. Okay, I get it, right? Now I'm gonna just say this, right? I, I don't think Shaq can be blamed for all of this, right? I don't think he can be blamed for uh this is what, what I, <laughs> I put it up on my instagram y'all had some interesting things to say about it um i don't think Shaq is completely to blame for all of this you know first off let, let's just start right there uh i think that Shaq uh was not alone uh, there were a lot of celebrities who endorsed companies like ftx and if you know about ftx uh in fact let me uh ask you all give me a yes or no if you followed anything with ftx recently uh give me a yes in the chat if you've been paying attention uh, FTX is a company that was started by a guy named Sam Bankman Freed, and FTX was the hottest game in town. FTX was uh, was was making an extraordinary amount of money. I mean, beyond Pablo Escobar money, they were making Pablo money, 
and they were doing uh, these uh, commercials on the you know during the Super Bowl, and people were like, "Man, these guys are doing Super Bowl commercials," and and they had this, this charismatic, somewhat charismatic leader named Sam Bankman-Fried. He was charismatic in his own geeky way. He's kind of weird, you know. He he had floppy hair and flip flops, and t he wore t-shirts. And people were like, "Oh my God, he's such a genius!" Look look at the t-shirt. That proves that he's a genius. He's wearing a t-shirt and he didn't even comb his hair. That means he's got to be brilliant, right? That's how people were thinking during the crypto era when everyone thought that everything that that the crypto guys touch would turn to gold. You know, during the crypto boom. Everybody thought that, you know, that that this could only go up, that this is going to be the next big thing. And I think crypto is still a, one of the next big things. I think crypto is a, is a wonderful thing. But uh, a lot of times we forgot that all the glitters isn't necessarily gold. So Sam Bankman-Fried comes out uh, with his geeky charismatic self, and he got all these celebrities on board and connected to what he was doing. Uh, and he did it in a very easy way. It's been used for 100,000 years. He just gave him a bunch of money. He gave him a bunch of money and he said, here, promote this. Now, the celebrities didn't know what it was. They, they didn't they didn't do the due diligence. They didn't have their people look into it, uh, you know, to say, OK, is this is this beneficial or is this a bad thing? Um, a lot of people fell for it. And next thing you know, billions of dollars was going into these companies that uh, that eventually got lost. You know, like literally Shaq and the celebrities and, and the guilt that they have to live with is the fact that they led millions of people into a financial version of a roach motel. Roaches check in, but they don't check out. Why do I call it a roach motel? Because from what I understand, the way those some of those roach traps would work is they would set it up where they put something in there that the roaches want. And somehow, I don't know how exactly how it works, but I, but I think that the head roach will go and get something out of the roach motel and then take it back to all the other roaches. And then all the other roaches will die. Right now, I'm not saying that we're roaches. I'm not saying the Shaq's followers are roaches. And I know that's a, that's kind of an awkward comparison, but that's kind of what it was. Right. Billions and billions and billions of dollars were probably lost from Shaquille O'Neal's endorsement alone. Now, does this mean Shaq deserves to be put under the jail? No, it doesn't. But what it does mean is that you and many of us are trapped or sort of tricked by celebrity endorsements. We put too much faith in people just because some white man put them on TV. Can I get an amen if you understand what I'm talking about? Literally. When they, I, I've mentioned this a thousand times, and I got to mention it a thousand more times so y'all will understand this. When they study, especially when they study black people, now black people weren't the only ones who got duped by this, by the way. A lot of white people lost money too. When they study black people, and this is what I talk about, I talk about black folks. You ain't got to be black to be here. If you're white, we love you too. But this is a conversation with, I'm talking to my people right now. When they studied how to get money from black people, Nielsen, they said, if you get a celebrity to endorse a product, they will buy damn near anything. They will put their money behind something because for some reason, in their minds, celebrities have a little halo around their head that makes them suddenly um, an angel and a genius, an angel and a genius. You, they can do no wrong and they know and they are all knowing. And, and, and what's crazy to me, and, and I know some of these celebrities, I've, I've met a few celebrities in, you know, in, in my in my journey. They ain't that smart. <laughs> They're not that smart. Now, Shaquille O'Neal, um, you know, he didn't make his, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars because he was a financial genius. Shaquille O'Neal did not make his wealth.
because he went to business school and got some sort of uh, high level degree in economics. I'm sure he's got an honorary degree. In case you want to know, an honorary doctorate is you can get those easy. All you got to do is write a check. You write a check. They'll just give you They'll be like, OK, we'll give you whatever you want. Thank you for the money. Shaquille O'Neal did not get his money because he, uh, you know, spent years on Wall Street studying finance. Shaquille got his money because he is seven foot one and he was seven foot one, 280 pounds. Most of y'all in here ain't seven foot one or 280 pounds. Shaquille O'Neal got his money because he was bigger. He was so big, he would make a grown man cry. Shaquille O'Neal would dunk the basketball and tear down the backboard. That's how Shaq got his money. He did not get his money because he got a PhD in economics from MIT. That would be Julianne Malvo, who is the intellectual version of a Shaquille O'Neal. What Shaq is on the basketball court, Julianne is that person when it comes to her intellect. They didn't give a whole lot of PhDs in economics from MIT to black women in the 1970s. So shout out to Julianne and all the other trailblazers who made it possible for people like me to exist. So so what I'm saying to you is and here's the thing about it, though. Here, pay attention now. I'm going somewhere with this. This is not a diss on Shaq. He's a great basketball player and he's he, and he's turned into a solid businessman. He's got good advisors around him. So nothing against Shaq. But here's the point I want to make on this. If Shaquille, pay, pay attention now. FTX hired Shaquille O'Neal to give you investment advice and to tell you what crypto to buy. But if Julianne Malvo had been standing right next to Shaq saying, don't buy this stuff, you'll lose your money. Who do you think people would have listened to? Who do you think people would have listened to more? The woman with the PhD from one of the most difficult institutions on the planet or the basketball player? Who was on who's on TV every night? Who do you think people would listen to? Who do you think they would take whose financial advice would they take? And I'm just gonna tell you, look, those the suckers always gonna be the suckers. The, there's always gonna be dumb people in the world. Neil deGrasse Tyson went on the Joe Rogan show and explained things like how casinos need dumb people. They need dumb people because the dumb people don't understand the odds of losing and they're gonna go in there every single time and give their money away. They need the dummies. I'm not, so I'm not talking to those who want to be dumb. I'm not talking to those who embrace the culture of stupidity. I'm not talking to those who embrace anti-intellectualism. I'm talking to intelligent people. I'm talking to those who want to be smart. I'm talking to those who don't want to be a sucker. So raise your hand. Give me a yes if you don't want to be a sucker. Give me a yes if you don't want to be a sucker. And I'm going to tell you, look, if, if you don't want to be a sucker, then don't follow suckers' rules. There is nothing about any celebrity. I'm going to give you a list of all the celebrities that endorsed FTX right before it went bankrupt. And I want to make the clear point that there is nothing that can come out of the mouth of any of these celebrities that would make me believe somehow that crypto was a solid investment. And some people went for it lock, stock and barrel. They pumped all their money into FTX. Next thing you know, they lost it all. There were people who lost their life savings because they had all their money sitting on a crypto exchange being run by a bunch of 30-year-olds in the Bahamas who were all having sex with each other, apparently. I, it's real crazy. It's going to be a real good Netflix documentary. It's probably in production right now. It's going to be real saucy because they got everything in there, not just the money part. They got the money. They got the, 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 the sex scandals. They got all kinds of stuff in there, and it's going to be a real good made-for-TV kind of movie. Anyway, as I move forward, do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, thumbs up, share, subscribe if you have not done that yet. 
Uh, also, I want to remind everybody that in uh, four days, Dr. Christina Parks, uh, who is, uh, has a PhD in molecular biology from the University of Michigan. See, these are the kinds of experts that I listen to, people that have those credentials. She's coming into the Black Business School, and she is doing a four-week masterclass on, uh, on basically all the health things that pharmaceutical companies will never tell you, right? All the things that, the, that Big Pharma will never, ever alert you to. She's taking you above and beyond. If you remember, Dr. Parks did amazing testimony that went mega viral uh, during the pandemic. And uh, she's continuing her excellent work. So if you'd like to take a look and join us on the 22nd, just go to my website, voicewalkins.com. Uh, the URL's on the screen. It's not too late to join. And Dr. Parks is one of the best. And, uh, and, and this gets to my point. You know, if you want to get information and advice, get it from people who know what they're talking about. Now, I'm going to point out something. I see a comment here. I'm going to put it on the screen. I think it's a good one. Tim says, Dr. Boyce, once upon a time, you call Sam Bankman a smart man buying everything up. Here's the thing about that. Let me dig into that. That's a great point you just made. Sam Bankman fried is not a stupid person. He's not a dumb guy. You can't go get $30 billion and be stupid most of the time. Okay. Sam Bankman fried's not stupid. Sam Bankman fried um, he might be criminal, right? Because he, or, or because he technically broke the law. From what I am gathering, Sam Bankman fried with FTX, what he did was he took money from depositors that wasn't supposed to be used for Alameda Research, his, his sister company, and he invested with that money. So it's like you loan me your money and I tell you I put your money in my safe, but really I took your money and ran to the casino with it, hoping that I would win and you wouldn't notice and I could still give you your money back. Do you follow what I'm saying? That's the first thing, right? So, so just because somebody's a criminal doesn't mean they can't be smart. A lot of times people, my daddy, I, I you know, my, 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 my father who passed, uh, he's my biological father. I did not know him very well, but I know he went to prison. My biological father did go to prison like a lot of our fathers did. And uh, and for what everyone has told me about my father, he was super smart. He was a very smart guy. And, uh, and so we have the same genetics. So, you know, I, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm kind of smart. I'm all right. Right. And, and so I imagine I got that from him. I got some of that from him. My mother's very smart, too. So so the genetics came in. Right. So so being uh, a criminal doesn't make mean that you're not smart. So I do stand by that point that Sam Bankman Freed is still a smart guy. I also believe that if Bankman Freed had not taken on excessive risk, that's the other thing that got him in trouble. He took on too much risk. If he had, so if he had, if, if two things, if he, if, he had, if he had not done two things, one, not broken the law, and two, not gotten greedy, that man could, would still be out of jail. He'd be fine. He'd be a billionaire right now. He'd be worth at least $5 billion right now. I really believe that. And so what happened was with Sam Bankman Freed is that when the crypto markets collapsed, it exposed the vulnerabilities of what Bankman Freed was doing. That's what happened, right? A lot of, and this happens all the time. Whenever uh, the financial markets crash, this happened in 07. It happened uh, during the previous crash before that. It happened during the Great Depression. Whenever the markets crash, that's when everything gets exposed. It's like if I tell you, I'll give you an example. If I, if I, let's say you come in my house, right? And I got a fire extinguisher in the kitchen. And I say, and you say, why is that fire extinguisher in the kitchen? I say, oh, it's because if a fire, if there's ever a kitchen fire, then that sucker's I'm just gonna light it up and turn it on, pull the plug, and it's gonna put up, put out the fire, right? You follow what I'm saying? Give me a yes, you follow what I'm saying here. 
So, so, so let's say that for years you're thinking, okay, the house is safe because look, the fire extinguishers there, everything's cool, right? And then let's say one day there's a fire. Suddenly you hear the alarms, there's smoke coming out of the kitchen, everybody's screaming, and you run into the kitchen, you're like, oh, well, boy, said the, he said the fire extinguisher is gonna put out the fire, right? So you rip it off the wall and you're ready, you're like, okay, well, we're gonna put this fire out now. And then you, you start, you pull the plug, and you're ready for it to come out, and nothing comes out. Nothing comes out. Just a little air, like a poof of air comes out, some dust comes out, because the fire extinguisher never worked in the first place. Right, the, the, you 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 were just fed a lie. You were fed a fantasy. You were given the illusion of security. You didn't actually have real security. Well, this is kind of what happened with crypto. A lot of people went into spaces like DeFi and they invested in FTX and they put all their money into this stuff and they felt like it was safe and secure. They felt like that. Give me a guess if you follow my analogy. I need to know that I'm not talking over anybody's heads. I assume I'm not. You guys are smart. But give me a guess if if this makes sense to you. They thought they were safe. They thought they were investing in a space where the money was secure. And and, and these crypto guys are very, very bright. I I mean, they're good. I invest in crypto. I'm still holding my crypto. I'm not selling all my my crypto. No. In fact, if you go to drboyscrypto.com, you can see a list of all the crypto that I own. Drboyscrypto.com. Uh, just go there and, and, and you can take a look at every all the crypto that I bought. I'm holding all of it. I'm waiting until this is over and then I'm going to make my money back. It's going to be fine. I think crypto is going to be OK. Right. So, so because these are smart, smart people. These are people I admire because they they believe in something. I, I admire them also because they have resilience to, to know that there are going to be bumps in the road. They know that when you're trying to build something great. There's going to be trial and error. There's going to be some things that blow up in your face. There's going to be some, some cleansing that has to take place as you work to get all the scammers and the and the criminals out of the system so you can actually have something nice. This has happened in the creation of every empire in history. There's never been a billion-dollar company in to, to that ever existed where you didn't have some major ups and downs along the way and have to do some cleansing and have some serious significant problems. There's some existential threats along the way. So I believe in crypto. So let me keep that clear. But one of the downsides of being that smart is that sometimes intelligence can breed arrogance. In fact, it's more likely to occur when you are young and you haven't been exposed to the downside of the risk that you're taking. So Sam Bankman-Fried, in my opinion, and I'm going to give you all in a second, I'm going to give you all a list of all the celebrities that were endorsing FTX. Sam Bankman-Fried, in my view, was a young, brilliant guy who thought he was so smart he could outsmart risk. He thought he was so smart he could outsmart the system. He thought he was so smart that he could outsmart Mother Nature and God. And why do I say, why do I even go at that God, Mother Nature level? It's because everything has a yin and a yang. Everything has a light and a dark side. Every time, there's no such thing as free money. In economics, we understand that risk tends to connect with reward. So whenever you are getting an excessive reward, there's typically some risk lurking in the background that maybe you can't see. And then when it jumps out and says, ah, and it takes all your money, then you're like, damn, I didn't know I was exposed the whole time, right? But guess what? The OGs understand that. You know, I'm an OG of finance now. I've had my PhD for exactly 20 years. I got my doctorate 20 years ago this month from the Ohio State University. So I'm a financial OG to some extent. And because of my OG status, 
I now have the gift of, of, of being able to look back of the gift of hindsight. I have seen how these financial crashes work. I've studied the data over the last hundred and something years, and I've seen the scenarios where you got slapped upside the head by a blind spot that you didn't even know was there. That's what I see with Sam Bankman Freed. And, 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 and honestly, I'm going to tell you the truth. Maybe people will get mad at me, but I kind of feel bad for him a little bit. I really do. I think that he's out here talking in public like a dummy because he really wants to try to do the right thing. He's trying to stick to that. And I admire that. But I would just, if I was his lawyer, I'd be like, man, dude, now it's time for you to be quiet. You need to just shut up and be the criminal for a little while and focus on not going to jail for the next 80 years. Right. Uh, but, but I really think he's speaking because he didn't know. I, I don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I think he knew he broke the law. I think he knew when he moved, when he used the customer funds. I'm not saying that that was okay at all. It's, it wasn't okay. But I think that he thought that everything he touched would turn to gold. And I think that he thought that he understood something he did not understand. Crypto is not an understandable marketplace necessarily from a risk management standpoint. There are still what they call some black swan events. That's a blindside risk that you don't see that slaps you upside the head. That's all a that's all a black swan event is. It's something, it's the unknown unknown. It's the thing that's gonna come in to play that you didn't even think about, right? Because so it's one thing if you know what to look out for, right? It's like if I'm in a neighborhood and somebody says, Hey, that guy over there, he's a killer. Be careful. I know to look out for him, I know to watch him, I'm gonna keep an eye on him and make sure he doesn't make any false move, right? But what if there's like a little girl on a swing set? who has an AK-47 in her backpack. I'm not planning for that. I'm not planning to be shot up by a little girl in, in, you know, with an AK-47, right? And this is the challenge of it all. I mean, that, that stuff did happen in Vietnam. That's how they, you know, a lot of people, that's why a lot of people were so traumatized because they had little children with bombs strapped to their bodies and crazy stuff like that. So the point is that in, in the crypto space, that's what you're dealing with. You're dealing with a lot of risks that are lurking in the background that financial experts do not yet understand. I am, I, I've been deep into this thing for a very long time, not so much into crypto. I know some things about crypto. I know a lot about it. I've read a lot about it, but I'm talking about just in terms of risk management and finance. And there's a lot about this market that you have to be really careful about. You know, so so I don't think that Sam Bankman Freed understood that completely. And I think that's why he's going to have the problems that he has. Now, I'm going to uh, actually read now a list of the celebrities that endorsed FTX. And, uh, and and the key point, the reason I did this podcast was because I wanted to just remind y'all, just because a celebrity says buy it, that don't mean you're supposed to buy it. There's nothing in the backgrounds of any of these people that says that they have the qualifications to tell you what to do with your family's money. That That's insane to me that they're able to get these celebrities to mention the crypto and people will actually go buy it. If you do that, then basically you're gambling. And at that point, I, all I can say is good luck. All right. So anyway, um, if you, by the way, if you want do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, thumbs up, share, subscribe. Also, uh, we have a black business school for children. What we have found is that the earlier you expose your kids to wealth principles, the stronger they will be economically. Uh, we don't wait until our kids go to college. No, we don't. We don't wait till our kids go to college to learn economics in the black community, in this community, in the B1 community. Economics is a rite of passage for every child. So we created a whole black business school for children where your child can be certified. There are self-study exams. We, we put this together um, on, um, uh, it covers everything from stock market investing to crypto. We just created a crypto training program for children and your children, when they're done, they can print out like a little baby bachelor's degree they can put on their wall. And so the URL to go check, take a look at our children's program is blackmillionairesoftomorrow.com. So feel free to go to blackmillionairesoftomorrow.com. We have helped thousands and thousands and thousands of our kids 
uh, become uh, so good at finance that they're better than their parents. They know things that their parents don't know. Uh, and these are things that I took from my time teaching on the faculty of Syracuse University. And I basically reduced it down to something that a seven-year-old can understand. And so we literally have seven-year-olds who have a financial literacy level that exceeds the average college-educated adult. We cover real estate, all that stuff. So feel free to go to blackmillionairesatomorrow.com if you want to take a look. All right, so hit the thumbs up button. So so here's a list of some of the celebrities who endorsed, um, who endorsed FTX. And it's almost laughable and it's very, very sad. Um, this is according to uh, De- Michael McCann from McCann Sports Law. And he says the list of celebrities tied to FTX includes Tom Brady, Steph Curry, David Ortiz, Naomi Osaka, Shohei Otani, Shaquille O'Neal, Udonis Haslam, and Trevor Lawrence. They should be paying attention to the felony charges against FBS or sorry, SBF. They could be witnesses lawyer up. So a lot. the reason Shaquille O'Neal and Steph Curry and all these other people are on high alert right now is because they're going to get dragged into this thing. They're probably getting sued right now by lots of people. Uh, what happened with FTX was uh, almost like a financial holocaust. It was an economic genocide in a way where literally people had their entire family fortune wiped out. All that money gone. And so ultimately, this is um, a massive, massive problem. Uh, People like Kevin O'Leary, they didn't mention Kevin O'Leary, who is a respected investment advisor. I think he's on Shark Tank and he's a smart guy. Uh, But Kevin O'Leary got deeply in bed with FTX and they were asking Kevin, they said, well, did you do your due diligence before you jumped in and took this money from this company and started endorsing them? And O'Leary basically said something that I knew that I pretty much knew was true, which is he said, well, you know, we assume that everyone else had done their due diligence. So because everybody else assumed that everybody else had done their due diligence and all these big names were attached to to, to SBF and to uh, FTX, they just went along and said, okay, I want to put my money in here too. This is the result of something. A member of my dissertation committee by the name of David Hirschleifer. David Hirschleifer, very nice guy. Uh, David Hirschleifer used to write uh, research papers. I I had to read them all because I was one of his uh, students. And uh, he wrote papers on something called the herding effect. And the herding effect basically says that people move like sheep. And it's not just the the dumb people. You don't have to be dumb to be a sheep. Sometimes you got smart sheep. Uh, there's a picture of him. There's David Hirschleifer. I I, I, I I respect this guy immensely. He he could he could have grilled me and beat the crap out of me in my um when I did my uh my doctoral defense, but he didn't. He was very. Uh, very helpful, very supportive, and very polite. And I just, I, I really have a lot of respect for this man. And he's an absolute genius at what he does. Let me just say this he's a genius at what he does. And, and one of the ideas that he wrote about extensively that uh, he introduced me to during my doctoral study was the herding effect and how basically people follow the crowd, even if they know that the crowd is wrong. People follow the crowd, even if they know that the crowd is wrong. And let me explain why. Well, uh, think about it like this. Let's say that that there is uh, a decision that has to be made. Uh, you're the CEO of a major company, and everyone, and, and let's say the majority of people all want to go to the left, you know, and and and, and but you want to go to the right, right? Because you figured out independently that going to the right has an eighty percent chance of success, and going to the left only has a twenty percent chance of success. Whereas everybody else got it backwards. Everybody else thinks that going left is the chance is the is the best move. 
right? So, so the whole herd, the whole pack is going to the left. You're like, man, I want to go to the right. I don't think going to the left is really going to work. Well, let's say that you, uh, let's say you go to the right and everyone else goes to the left. And let's say it turns out that you were right and everybody was wrong. Well, good for you, right? You, you look like a genius. Everybody talks about how smart you were and you were the one person who knew to go right when everybody else was going left. That's amazing. Way to go. Good job. You're so smart, right? But what if, what if, remember, I told you there's only, an, there's an 80% chance that going right is going to work. What if you land in that other 20%? There's a 20%, there's a one in five chance that even though you're kind of right, that it doesn't work out well for you, right? Like like a, like a football game, right? You know that there's an 80% chance one team's going to win. That means there's a 20% chance that they're not going to win. So let's say you go right and it doesn't work out and everybody else goes left. Well, at that point, you're going to lose your job. You're going to get shamed and dogged out. The reason you're going to get dogged out is because people are going to say, well, you're, you're an idiot. Everybody knew to go left, but for some reason you were so stupid, you went right. What is wrong with you? That was stupid. Why would you do that, right? Even though they're misestimating the probabilities, human beings are not good at estimating rational probabilities. I hope that didn't sound too complex. I'm a mathematician, but I had to say it like that. But human beings are not good at assessing probabilities. They, you know, A lot of people think in terms of all or nothing, either it's good or bad, right or wrong. It, it drives me crazy. I see that in politics all the time. You hear Democrats that think they're 100% right, Republicans are 100% wrong, and vice versa, and it's stupid. It's not logical, right? But that's what people do. But let's say that you go left and then with everyone else, and and, and let's say that uh, that you all end up being wrong. Let's say that, that that you find out later that it was that going right was really the right move. Right. You were right all along, but you didn't have the courage to go your own separate way. So you went with everybody else. So you jumped off the bridge with everybody else. Pay attention now. What are they going to say to you then? Well, they're not going to single you out. They're not going to say, well, yo, you big idiot. Why would you go left? What are they going to say? They're going to say, oh, well, every you, you went left. Well, it's, it's a logical mistake. Everybody went left. Everybody was wrong. So because you misery loves company, losers love company then you're not going to take any blame. They're just going to say, oh, well, you did what everybody else did. So, you know, it's okay. You went left. Because, I mean, that's what, I mean, anybody would have done that, right? So ultimately, the the, the point I'm making here uh, is that people tend to follow the crowd, even if the crowd is wrong. Uh, and I'm a dummy because in some ways, because I don't follow the crowd. I'm not following those suckers. I'm not doing all that. Even if I end up being wrong, I'm still going to go in the direction that God told me to go. I'm going to go in the direction that my instincts and my logic tell me to go. I'm not trying to go follow the crowd. So with crypto, though, because you have this mass hurting effect, because people tend to just want to invest where everybody else is investing. Uh, even smart people wanted to put money into, into FTX because everybody else was putting money into FTX. Now, all these people are being burned up and, and they're being put in financial body bags you know, at the same time, and they feel kind of some sort of comfort from the fact that everybody got fooled, when in reality, there were people who did see some of these risks well in advance. Uh, you know, and I've always talked to you guys about, I said, look, I, I think you're a sucker for missing out on crypto. I don't want to, I'm not missing out on crypto. But I've also said, you're crazy if you go and do so, what some of these people were doing. There were people putting their whole family fortune in, in Bitcoin. What the hell? How are you going to go to your boss and tell your boss, I want I want my whole paycheck in Bitcoin? Okay, you do, do that and watch watch your money evaporate like 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 water off a stove. What, go watch your money disappear like a magic trick in, a, in the circus. 
You're going to be looking like a damn fool. Don't you dare put all your money into crypto. That's crazy. But what? But you do want to drop a little something, something in there in case crypto does what I think it's going to do. I believe crypto is going to be massive. I believe that in 10 years, things are going to happen in crypto that we can't even imagine right now. I believe also that despite the discomfort of what is occurring with FTX and the bankruptcy and Sam Bankman-Fried and all the chaos that's happening now, crypto will be so much better when the police come to town. When the It'll be so much better when the grown-ups take over the, the industry. <laughs> because right now, it's like Lord of the Flies. You got a bunch of little young 28-year-old billionaires just gunslinging and acting the damn fool and doing crazy stuff with, with people's money. You can't do that when you're handling money from other people. You can be as dumb as you want to be when it comes to your bread and your money. But when you got you know money from pension funds and major investment banks and from people that work their whole life to save it up and, and, and people that are trusting you by investing in you, you can't go and take those same risks. There are regulations that either are in place or should be in place when you're managing other people's money. And it's also the fault of Congress. Congress has not done a good job of regulating crypto properly. What is wrong with you? How are you going to sit here and allow this massive industry to operate with so much ambiguity? Like, it doesn't make any sense. You're not clear. Like, well, what is a security? What isn't a security? You're using a law from 1933 to define what a security is, and it becomes it becomes fuzzy when you look at crypto because crypto is something new. So get off your ass and go and regulate. So the good thing about the Sam Bankman-Fried situation is that now Congress is being forced to go and do their damn job. I don't know what is wrong with these leaders. I have no idea why they haven't taking the time to make clear laws on this. But now that people have lost billions of dollars, the one good thing about this is it's almost like a like a plane crash, right? When you have a major plane crash, the FAA comes and they have to investigate and do forensics on the plane crash and change laws and rules to make sure that this tragedy never happened again. When the Titanic sank after being a ship that couldn't go down, right? So never believe that when something seems like it's too good to be true, it usually is. Never believe that. Never believe the word never. Like never and forever and impossible. That's all stupid. So people believe the Titanic was so advanced from an engineering standpoint that it couldn't sink. It could never be sank. Yeah, right. Well, now when the Titanic goes down and all those people die, then people are going back and saying, gosh, you know, we're humbled now. Where do we go wrong? How do we make our ships safer? How do we avoid this tragedy? Because we need the trust of the consumer or this whole entire industry is going to disappear because nobody will trust us putting their families on a ship ever again. So crypto is going through that right now. People don't trust crypto. In fact, give me a yes or no. I'm, I'm, I'm going to shut this door, but I want you all to give me a yes and no. How many of you trust the crypto industry? Give me a yes or no in the chat. As you hit the thumbs up button, please hit the thumbs up button. How many of you trust the crypto industry? Hold on. How do you feel? Give me a yes or no. How many of you trust crypto? Do you trust the industry? Do you believe that the industry is a, a good safe haven for the bulk of your money? Would you put would you put half your life savings in crypto right now or a third? Okay, I see some yeses, actually, but I see a lot of no's, and you're not alone. 92% of Americans don't trust crypto right now. That's very bad for crypto, very bad for crypto. And even guys like, um, there's a guy named, uh, I can't say his name. They call him CZ. 
uh, but he's got a Chinese name and he runs Binance. And uh, he's being accused of pushing Sam Bankman Freed into bankruptcy. But uh, the interesting thing is that he did push Sam Bankman Freed into bankruptcy by basically uncovering you know, some illegal activity, you know, by kind of like he basically crashed the value of the FTT token, which had very little value to begin with. But he kind of he kind of pulled a dirty little a little thing on him to make people uh, question uh, his FTT token. And that's what caused the value to drop. Well, now, though, the financial contagion has kind of taken over. Now, Binance is in deep economic trouble because Binance was deeply in bed with FTX. So, so you, you, you think that you're taking out your so-called enemy when really you just sank his boat without realizing that you're still in the same boat together. So now Binance, uh, which uh, Kevin O'Leary said Binance had some sort of vast global monopoly. Now the FTX was gone. Binance is in trouble. Binance is in trouble. Their their currency has been dropping in value. They're getting a run on the bank. People are running away from these exchanges. They're starting to just say, man, let me just put my money up in some cold storage and get it away from these people because I don't trust them. So as much as you, and this is what's interesting, right? It's almost like, like black people that think that when you take down a black person, like you snitch on them and you get them arrested by the cops, you think the cops aren't going to come get you next. So basically he thought that, by getting rid of Sam Bankman Freed, that it would make Binance stronger because SBF and, 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 and FTX would be gone. But actually, it made Binance weaker because all the same issues that the FTX have, many of the same issues, also affect FTX, or excuse me, affect Binance. The same way uh, FTX had a run on the bank where everybody wanted their money out. Well, now they're doing that to Binance. The same way that people started questioning the value of the FTT token. Well, now people are questioning the value of, of Binance's token. So, so, so ultimately, um, you know, I, I, I think in general, this is going to be ugly. This is going to be messy. Not only are some people going to go to jail, um, uh, a lot of a lot of people are going to are going to get sued and lose a lot of money. Uh, I think celebrity endorsers should understand the difference between endorsing soap and endorsing an investment product. Uh, I think that as a consumer, don't trust any of these damn people. Just assume that they're doing it for the money. You know, Shaquille O'Neal and all the others that went ahead and endorsed FTX, they were doing it for the money. Chances are they didn't do significant due diligence to determine if what they were promoting to their massive multi-million million person audience, uh, they didn't do the due diligence to determine if this was a good investment or a bad investment. All they knew was that somebody offered them money to put something in a tweet. And here's the other thing, too. Even if they had chosen to do the due diligence, I don't think they could have done it. I don't think they have the skill set to really do it. There's a difference between getting an endorsement from somebody who knows what the hell they're talking about versus getting an endorsement from somebody who's only famous because he can play basketball. Like, that's it. That's If you take away the fact that Shaq was 7'1", 280 pounds, he's a regular guy. Why would you go put your money into something just because a regular guy told you to do it? And we do that a lot. A lot of times we take financial advice from people who don't know nothing about finances. You know, our friend, our buddy would just say, hey, I heard this is a good stock and we'll go buy it. Why? Why? You know, so so I would encourage you to just chill out. You know, don't go chasing waterfalls. You know, if I look at stocks, if I buy a stock 
um, on a recommendation, it's because there's some analyst who went through the financials of that company <laughs> and, and said that the fundamentals are sound and they anticipate that this stock has a bright future. That's what makes me invest in the stock. It ain't because my cousin Rerun and my, my little cousin Pookie around the corner told me to buy it. And really, when you follow a celebrity endorsement, that's kind of what you're doing. You're listening to Cousin Rerun and your little cousin Pookie, and they're telling you to go buy this stuff, and a lot of people are falling for it. Well, you know, you're, you guys are intelligent, and I hope you won't fall for it. And uh, those are my thoughts on this topic. So I'm pretty much done. So by the way, guys, if you could do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, share, subscribe. Also, if you like stock options and you want to be good at stock options, I put together a whole stock options masterclass. Uh, feel free to go take a look. The URLs on the screen, stockoptionsmasterclass.com. And um, and uh, and so uh, in the Black Business School, our goal is to make black people, uh, the chosen black people, those that want to do well, uh, make you into the most financially literate, most economically intelligent people on the planet. Uh, that is why we actually created the first ever black financial therapy department. Uh, because we're working with the best financial experts and the best therapists to uh, discover and to unlock all the psychological barriers that keep us from building wealth, all the financial trauma, all the financial anxiety, all of the, the, the financial uh, the financial confusion that exists in our families so that we can build wealth. That's what we're doing. We're on a mission. We're getting it done. So feel free to, uh, to come to the Black Business School. And we can help you out. All right, guys, I'm out of here. Have a good day. God bless you. And uh, and Shaq, if you're watching, this is no offense to you, man, but don't be out here endorsing crypto, bro. This is not in your lane. You need to go endorse basketball games or something. Uh, that's what you understand. You don't understand crypto, and uh, you never should have been doing this in the first place, and I think you know it now. But anyway, take care, guys. Have a good day. God bless you. I'll see you soon. Be good. Peace.